Anyway, the scripture that I want to preach on today is, uh, it's not the story of Easter Sunday. Uh, Paulette kind of told that story to the kids a little bit earlier. So we're not going to talk about the, the actual narrative of what happened on Easter Sunday this morning. We're not going to talk about the stone being rolled away. We're not going to talk about the angel announcing, you know, that Christ is risen. We're not going to talk about Mary uh, going to the disciples and, you know, pretty much being the first evangelist on the face of the earth to tell the story of the risen Christ. We're going to talk about resurrection, but we're going to be talking about resurrection kind of from a different, uh, almost a different, uh, different aspect. We're going to be talking, we're going to mention the story of Easter Sunday in our scriptures, uh, but, it's, but it's being told by somebody else, and uh, it's just kind of a, I want you to think on the topic of resurrection, but kind of resurrection in a different way than what we generally think of on Easter Sunday, something besides just the resurrection of Christ. It's the story of Easter that we're going to talk about. It's the story of the gospel. It's the story of the resurrected Jesus. But it takes place after Jesus has already ascended into heaven. And more important to note during the story from the scriptures that we're going to read is that it takes place between two people that by all cultural accounts, by all societal accounts, should not be together. As a matter of fact, these two people should have been, by all cultural contexts, the absolute worst of enemies. In short, our gospel story today on this Easter Sunday, again, is about resurrection. Not necessarily the resurrection of Jesus, but about resurrecting our understanding of the vast inclusiveness of God's love and the vast inclusiveness of God's mercy. It is a message for believers and for non-believers alike. For believers, we have a propensity to, to forget that the gospel is for everybody. That nobody is excluded from hearing and from receiving the good news of Easter Sunday. For non-believers, the same message is for you. No matter who you are, no matter where you come from, no matter what you've done, etc., 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 you are worthy to receive, to hear the greatest story ever told. Nobody is excluded from the gospel. The story comes out of Acts 10, verses 34 through 43. And it's probably not going to make a whole lot of sense to you. But that's okay. I'm going to try my best to explain it. This story, though... Again, it's going to melt away all of these preconceived ideas that we have a lot of times. It's going to put to death all of our tendencies to label people. It's going to put to death the idea and, and, and the propensity that we have to separate ourselves from others. It puts to death all of our stereotypes, our sinful tendencies to decide who's in, who's out, who's worthy of God's love and redemption. Starting in verse 34. Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. But he accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. 
we are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people, to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. That is the word of God for the people of God. I know that story probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense to you, but I hope you will go back at some point and reread this in your free time, in your own Bible, and you're going to understand a little bit better, hopefully after today, uh, how awesome this particular text is. We can see in these scriptures that uh, the author here, who, by the way, is quoting Peter, Peter gives a concise telling of the gospel. Peter gives a concise telling of the good news of Jesus Christ. That he rose from the dead, that he lived, that he was the Son of God, that he rose from the dead. He's telling the story of Jesus to his audience. And I'm going to tell you in a second who his audience is. And that's also very, very important. But you know, y'all have heard me before, if you attend this church, if you attend the United Methodist, y'all have heard me before talk to you about how people in the New Testament, how people in the early church shared the gospel with non-believers. Y'all happen to remember we were talking about evangelism two or three months back, and I told you guys there's basically two ways in the New Testament that you see people sharing the gospel or telling the gospel to non-believers. One way is by testimony. Paul does that a lot throughout, throughout the New Testament. He'll tell the story of his, of, his, of his incredible conversion on the road to Damascus. The second way that people share the gospel is simply by telling the story of Jesus. And Peter does that a lot. Peter does that a lot, especially here in the book of Acts, as we've just seen. Peter doesn't throw out a lot of, a lot of by the way, he's, let's go ahead and tell you this. He's talking to some non-believers. He's not throwing out a bunch of thick doctrine. He's not throwing out a bunch of thick theology to people. He's not explaining, you know, everything from the Old Testament forward. He basically just tells the story of Jesus. He says he commanded us, Peter, to preach to the people, to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge as the living and the dead. All prophets, prophets testify about him. Everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Peter simply is telling the story of Jesus to these people. If you were to read a little bit further, and I'm not going to do that in the interest of time this morning, but if you were to read just a few verses further down from our scriptures today, what you would see, you know, this, this is not the greatest sermon in the world. Would you all agree with that? I mean, this is not like, there's nothing, there's nothing especially special about what Peter is saying here. He's just saying that Jesus lived and Jesus died and Jesus was resurrected. Would you all kind of agree with that? You know, this is no Andy Stanley preaching to these guys. He's just telling the, he's just telling the story of Christ. But let me tell you what happens immediately following these verses. As soon as Peter simply tells this story, the Bible tells us, Scripture tells us, that the Holy Spirit is poured out on that group of people, which was a large group, by the way, and that all of them who heard this story, all the non-believers that heard this story, were brought into faith simply by hearing 
the story of Easter, basically. They were all brought into the Christian faith, and they were all subsequently baptized into the church. I think that's pretty cool. I think that's pretty cool, and I think that's a lesson for us today. That all of us are capable of sharing the gospel with people. All of us are capable of receiving the gospel. It doesn't have to be fanciful. It doesn't have to be full of thick doctrine and theology. Simply tell the story of what Christ has done for us and what Christ did back then. I'm going to back up and give you a little background now on Peter's, on the context of what's going on in our scriptures today because that's very important. I want to tell you a little bit about Peter's audience, who he is talking to in these scriptures. Those people who did receive those words, those people that heard his words, those people that did receive and, and, and were brought into that relationship with Christ. Because grasping the fullness of this story helps us to truly understand the fullness of what I was talking about earlier, and that is the vast inclusiveness of the gospel, that nobody is excluded from hearing, that nobody is excluded from receiving. Can you change, can you go back, uh, Lorelei, to the first part of that, 34? Let me reread those to you. Peter began to speak and he said, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and the one who does and does what is right. Do y'all think it's a little bit strange that before launching into this, this telling of the, of, the, of the death and the resurrection of Jesus, that Paul starts talking about, or Peter starts talking about um, God showing favoritism? Do y'all think that's kind of weird? Why would, he, why would he be talking about that? Why would, why would, before he launches basically into what is a sermon of the, of the death and resurrection of Christ, he starts off with, you know, I realize that God told, you know, God doesn't show favoritism, but he, expect, he accepts every nation, the one that fears him and does what's right. There's a reason Peter does this, and it's a really great reason. It's the, kind of the point of what I'm getting at this morning. You have to understand Peter's audience. You have to understand who Peter was speaking to in this moment to get the coolness to get the richness of what is going on in this narrative, in this story. Peter is at the home of a dude, of a guy named Cornelius. And what had happened, if you'll back up again uh, uh, at the beginning of, of, of chapter 10, I think it is, is uh, Cornelius himself, he was, he was, he, he was a non-Christian, but he received a, basically a vision from God, and God told him the name of Peter, and he said, send out for Peter to come to your house, basically. And uh, Peter reluctantly goes. Why was he reluctant? This is the important part. He was reluctant because these two guys should not have been together by all cultural standards, really by all religious stand, Jewish religious standards of the day. And there were multiple, multiple reasons that these guys should not have been together. They should have been absolute worst of enemies. Cornelius was a Roman centurion. I know most of us probably don't know what that is, but you could probably figure it out just, just, just by the term itself. Um, from that standpoint, that already gave Cornelius two strikes against him. They should not have been together at all. Again, him and Peter. It would have been a cultural faux pas, so to speak. It would have been absolutely unheard of. A centurion was not only a Roman soldier, but he would have been a Roman commander. He would have been a Roman military leader. He would have been, he would have been um, the leader of a unit, basically. So that was strike one. 
And you need to remember that Peter, coming out of Christianity, or coming, or coming into Christianity, had also been a Jew, along with a vast majority of the uh, disciples of Jesus, the vast majority of the church at this time. And they were obviously at odds with the Roman Empire because the Roman Empire had taken over. They were, they were, they were an oppressive government. They were, they were oppressing the, the Jewish people, oftentimes through violent means. Top that with the fact that the Roman government had just crucified Jesus not too long before that, and you can imagine, you can pretty much figure out the, the reasons for hostility here. Secondly, uh, the centurion Cornelius was a non-Jew. He was a Gentile. And in the Jewish world of that day, Gentiles, people who were non-Jewish, were basically believed, thought to be unclean. We don't go near these people. We don't touch these people. So again, understand that. And, and you can relate that to some, some if you, you, don't, you shouldn't have to think real hard to be able to relate that to some of our modern um, problems, some of these modern instances in which we like to separate ourselves from other people, for example. These two should not have been together. But this is where God steps in, because God's ways are not our ways. God's love is expansive. God's love is inclusive. No one is exempt, again, from hearing and from receiving the gospel. God does not know prejudice. Peter learned this. Peter learned this. God does not know prejudice, and as such, neither do we. Y'all getting the story? Y'all getting the reason this is, this is a, a prudent subject for both believers and non-believers alike? Peter was taught that, but he had to learn that lesson from God himself. Peter had to be resurrected. Again, if you were to back up to uh, verse 9 of chapter 10, you would see an incident between Peter and God, <laughs> where Peter has this vision. And in a sense, Peter's prejudices were resurrected. Peter experienced a resurrected heart. He was resurrected to a new understanding of God. He was resurrected to a new understanding of the gospel. He was resurrected to a new understanding of the people that God so loved, which included not just the Jewish people, not just the people that they were, they were separating themselves from, but all people. All people are included. There is no prejudice. There is no partiality. Or as Peter puts it here, there is no favoritism in the eyes of God. What's the most popular verse in the New Testament among churches? John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Not just one person or one people or one particular type of people. There is no prejudice. There is no favoritism. The gospel, the love, the mercy of God is inclusive of all people. Nobody is exempt from it. Jesus gives us multiple instances of this. In the Gospels, think of some of the stories that Jesus tells us in the Gospels. Y'all remember the story of the woman at the well. By all accounts, Jesus, as a Jew, should not have been interacting with this woman for a number of reasons. Number one, at the time, she was a woman. Number two, she was a non-Jew. That's the scandalous nature of the love of God. Cultural standards would have forbidden it at that time. Think about the story of the Good Samaritan. It should, it, should, it should shock us today if we really know the background of that story. Just as much as it would have shocked them 2,000 years ago to hear 
that the Samaritan was the hero in that story. The Samaritan was not only a non-Jew. There were racial implications in that particular story. There were racial prejudices in that story. The Jews at the time considered Samaritans to be not only unclean, but they considered them to be half-breeds. The Jewish audience that Christ was talking to when he told the story of the Good Samaritan would have shocked the people to their core. And it should shock us to our core today. Again, apply that to modern cultural standards, modern cultural experiences that each of us are aware of in 2022. There's no partiality. God's love is non-discriminatory. Absolutely non-discriminatory. If you have not received this good news, if you've not received the gospel of Christ, what you need to know today is that as much as, the, as much as the gospel is for the preacher, as much as the gospel is for those of us who have been sitting in these church pews for 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, that gospel is also for you. That's the point of this story today. For non-believers. That there is no prejudice. There is no favoritism in the eyes of God. There is no favoritism in those who can and can't hear and receive the gospel of Christ, the good news of Jesus. It's open to all people. If you think you're unworthy, that is a false narrative that you're telling yourself. If anybody else, if anybody was unworthy to receive the gospel, it would have been Jerry Hudson. I wasn't worthy. I was made worthy through accepting what Christ had already done for me. Y'all don't know my testimony, you folks who are, who are visiting today. I was made worthy through what Christ did for me. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter what nationality you are. It doesn't matter what sex you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how much money you don't have. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks you come from. The good news of Christ is for you. And it's as simple as accepting that in faith. That's what we're doing on Easter Sunday. We are celebrating the absolute foundation of Christianity. Without Easter Sunday, there is no Christianity. This is the absolute foundation of our faith. That Christ died. That Christ has risen. Yeah. And that's it. That is the all-encompassing love of the gospel. Being brought into the family of faith is simply is, is as simple as accepting that free gift. And it is a gift. Just as Peter said today, you know, if you're a non-believer, and, and I don't know some of you, if you are a non-believer, here's what you need to know. If you don't have that relationship with Christ this morning, here's, here's what you need to know. Exactly what Peter said today. That Christ was a real man. Jesus was a real man. Not only that, he was also God on earth. He was fully God. He was fully human. He literally lived. He literally taught. He literally did good works. He literally performed miracles. He told us how to live, and he told us how to love others. He was killed. He was executed. He was murdered. And on Easter Sunday, he was resurrected through the power of God. He took on 
the sins of Jerry Hudson. He took on the sins of Carl and Judy Sly. He took on the sins of Casey Bellflower. Every single person in this room who took on your sins. It's just a matter of accepting what Christ has already done for you. And it's the greatest gift in the world. Christ accepted all the consequences that go along with our sins. Receiving the gospel is absolutely free. It's a gift of faith, and it's a gift of faith alone. That's it. It's the simplest thing in the world. We're talking about that on Wednesday night, going through the book of Galatians. How powerful, how awesome. Y'all sang about it this morning, Kevin. Y'all use the same word I use. How scandalous that gospel is because everybody's in. just a matter of believing it in your heart. Repent, repent and believe. That's the simplicity of the gospel. That's the beauty of the gospel. If you have received that gift this morning, if you are here and you're hearing this message, here's where this message applies to, to us. To us as believers. Maybe you've been a Christian as long as you can possibly remember. If you have, that's awesome. That's incredible. That's great. However, my question to you is don't we all need a little bit of resurrecting from time to time? question for you to ask yourself is what needs resurrecting in your life maybe your faith has gone a little bit cold maybe you've settled for being a believer in Christ and you've fallen a little bit short on actually being a follower actually being a disciple of Jesus Christ maybe your walk with Jesus needs a little bit of resurrecting maybe some of us here today had some of the same problems that Peter and some of these other folks were dealing with in our story for today Maybe you've shut some people out of your life for whatever reason. Maybe you've let your own prejudices, your own favoritism, your own partiality for or against certain people to cloud your sense of who you are as a Jesus follower. If so, today is your day for resurrection. I think the most beautiful thing in the world, church, I think the most beautiful thing in the world is what we're talking about today, and that is the all inclusive nature of the story of Jesus. And I know that I've repeated this phrase over and over since I've been standing up here, but I want people to fully grasp this. I want people to fully grasp this idea that everybody, everybody, everybody is worthy to hear and to receive the simple good news of the resurrection of Jesus, the simple good news of Easter Sunday that we are reconciled to God, that we have a right relationship with God, that we are forgiven, but not that just that we're forgiven, that we are reborn, that we are remade, that we are transformed from the inside out through zero effort of our own. Zero effort of our own. Simple faith in this simple, simple message that Peter preaches, that Christ lived, that Christ died, that Christ was resurrected. Why do we have to complicate that so bad? Kevin, y'all can come on up, brother. 